Father, we do come to you tonight, Lord, to surrender all. God, to take another step, Lord. God, to move further into your presence, Lord. God, we just ask that you would come and you would move, Father. You would touch our hearts and lives, Lord. We witnessed you already today in the worship and your presence, Lord, around us. God, if there be anything that we've done, we ask for forgiveness, Lord. Lord, we ask for a Holy Ghost service tonight, Father, to move in every fiber of our lives, Lord. Lord, in the hidden places, the places that we've kept from you, Father, we want to open every door. And we want to make you welcome, the most welcome guests, Lord. Father, we just commit our hearts and lives to your hands, Lord Jesus. We ask, God, that you would move in situations, Lord, that you would come and break down barriers, Father, things that has held us back, Lord, for years, and Lord, we have allowed to stay there, but tonight, Lord, may it be a record day, Father, of your presence, Lord, removing back the barriers between us and you, Father. We commit our hearts and lives in your hands, Lord, this service for your glory and for your honor. In Jesus' name. <clears throat> Amen. Let's turn to Joshua 3 and verse 9, if you would. It's good to be back in the house of the Lord. Amen. Always, I was glad, I'm like David, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go. Amen. To the house of the Lord. I know a lot of you been, has been out for some time with sicknesses and, and of course the weather that we had. And I know you're glad to be back. Amen. There's nothing like being together with believers of like precious faith and amen, an atmosphere that can come and, and in these atmospheres we can receive a touch from the Lord and that's what our desire is. Joshua chapter 3 and verse 9, and Joshua said unto the children of Israel, come hither and hear the words of the Lord your God. And Joshua said, hereby ye shall know that the living God is among you. And that he will without fail drive out from before you the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Hivites, the Perizzites, the Girgashites, the Hamorites, and the Jebusites. Behold, the ark of the covenant of the Lord of all the earth passes over before you unto Jordan. Now therefore take ye twelve men out of the tribes of Israel, out of every tribe of man, and it shall come to pass as soon as the souls of the feet of the priests that bear the ark of the Lord the Lord of all the earth shall the rest in the waters of Jordan, that the waters of Jordan shall be cut off from the waters that come down from above, and they shall stand upon a heap. And it came to pass when the people removed from their tents to pass over Jordan and the priests bearing the ark of the covenant before the people, as they that bear the ark were come unto Jordan, the feet of the priests that bear the ark were dipped in the brim of the water, for the Jordan overfloweth all his banks at the time of harvest, that the waters which came down from above stood and rose up upon a heap very far from the city, Adam, that is beside Zeratan. And those that came down toward the sea of the plain, even the salt sea, fell and were cut off, and the people passed right against, over right against Jordan. And the priest that bare the ark of the covenant of the Lord stood firm on the dry ground in the midst of the Jordan. And all the Israelites passed over on the dry ground until all the people were passed clean over Jordan. Amen. Amen. We'll let you be seated. 
just like to continue a little bit on the thought of step into the waters. You know, I had the a privilege of being at this very place as far as, as man has been of determined of the crossing of the Jordan River. And, and today it's not a, uh, what you would consider even maybe looking, looking at it didn't look like much of a river. It was actually, uh, it, it was deep in some parts, but it wasn't very wide. But, you know, today it's controlled by man-made devices and, and um, with, with dams and different things that controls its flow. But, you know, looking at this river, it's actually one of, it was one of the fastest flowing rivers of its size. So I looked at a little bit of history on this river. As a prominent, it was a prominent feature in ancient Israel. The Jordan River was mentioned, you know, almost 200 times in the Bible. Its fast-flowing waters created a natural barrier between the Canaan, between Canaan and the lands to the east. And at times, it also served as a line of protection when God's prophets or God's kings were being pursued. But it begins, this river begins at the Mount Hermon. It's the Jordan travels about 25 miles from that mountain, and it would empty into the Sea of Galilee, and then it goes from the Sea of Galilee all the way down to the southern end, and goes about 65 miles on down to the Dead Sea. And it's, you know, this river is surprisingly narrow in many places, you know, 50 to 75 feet wide in most places. But, you know, the Jordan name was derived from the words meaning to descend or go down. The river actually significantly drops in elevation because Mount Hermon stands 9,000 9, feet above the sea level while the Dead Sea sits 1,400 feet below sea level. So as it comes from a very high point to a very low point, it's a very fast-flowing river. So it would help you understand the danger of this river. And also in that day, it was not controlled, no doubt, by man-made devices of dams and, and, and locks and different things that would help control the flow of it. And so in that time, it was a very dangerous thing to even cross at the best of times. Amen. And as we read in our scripture, we, they were to go across at seemingly the worst of times. And the, and the flood is it would come about at the time of the cross and there would be a flood in the harvest time. You know, and in many, many ancient cultures, rivers are thought to be sacred. You know, but the Israelites didn't look at this necessarily as a sacred thing. They looked at the Jordan River as a barrier, something that had to be crossed before they could move forward in their calling. You know, many ancient people, you know, would consider their, their rivers, uh, you know, to be sacred. Uh, you know, the, the people of India, they revere the uh, Gang, Ganges River. Uh, they, the Egyptians, they revered the Nile River. They, you know, they made it to be a god to where they would worship. And even the pagans that lived in, in Canaan would look at the Jordan River as a god. The Jordan River symbolized a power or a protection for them, amen, from their enemies. It was also a power of fertility because rivers... You know, they give fertility to the land to bring forth fruits and different things. And so they would begin to actually worship this God, this God of the river. But, you know, the Israelites, they didn't worship the Jordan River. They saw it as a barrier to be overcome. 
And they would look up from the other side of Jordan over the Jordan River to the other side there. And on the other side was their promised land that had been promised them some 400 years before. And here they're right here as, the, as they've been wandering even 40 years in the, desert, in the desert because of the others that refused to go in. No doubt there was a great longing in their heart to cross over here. But there was a, a seemingly a great obstacle in their path and it seemed impossible. You know, it seemed like it was at an impossible time and and this river was out of its banks and we would read here and, and you know and no doubt the the Canaanites felt very comfortable that what an opportunity what a time this was that that the Israel would try to cross but yet now it's flooding now it seems impossible to cross and no doubt the Canaanites thought their God was protecting them during this time no doubt they thought that their God Baal had been had come on their behalf and had raised up the waters and caused floods to come to where the Israelites could not cross over. But what they did not realize is their, their God Baal was not as powerful as the living God that was among the Israel. Amen. And they did not realize how powerful that this God really was. You know, here they were, amen, pleased, you know, doubt, no doubt by the timing they had heard about the Israel's victories, but they thought, here, our God has raised up a protection for us. He's flooded the waters and is going to keep us from the Israelites' invasion. But here Israel had come to a monumental moment. They was to either trust in God's power and step into a very dangerous river, or they could disobey God's commands and go back to, into the desert in their fear. Amen. God had brought them to a time of decision. They had to make a decision. Am I going to go on with God or I'm going to go back in fear? They had already went back in fear and thousands of them died in the wilderness. But here they had their own choice. Amen. God gives every person their own choice. Amen. A choice whether you're going to go on with God, even though it may look impossible, even though it may look insurmountable, even though it may seem like God, that God's against you or, you know, seemingly the devil has done more and he's done more. He's more powerful than God and he's raised up things more. But God is asking us to step out in faith. Amen. When, he bring, when the devil brings cancer, God is asking for you to step out in faith to believe the word of God. No matter how insurmountable it may seem, how impossible it may seem, and you have to have been, you will be brought to a time of decision. Amen. And we are also are a people in this age that we're living in when it seems like the world and it is getting worse and worse on every hand. Amen. The, the demons have been released into this age and spirits on every kind and you can see it infiltrating. Amen. To every government realm and to every, almost into every human, amen, thinking and to where their thoughts are on evil continually. And it seems like the worst possible time for a rapture. It seems like the worst possible time that God could come into the this realm and snatch a body bodies out into him, take them into another dimension. But God has got a people that's to come to a time of decision. You're either going to trust God or you're going to go back in fear. Amen. But I believe there is a people upon this earth just like there was there. Amen. That says, yea, though God slay me, I'm going to trust him. I'm going to go on into the, into the power of God. I'm going to go on into the Holy Ghost. I'm going to go on into the signs and wonders. I'm going to go where God leads. Amen. He may lead through the valleys. He may lead through the mountains. He may lead through the mountains or through the rivers. But he said, though the waters may come against you, they'll not overflow you. The fire won't burn you because I'll be with you even in you to the end of the world so he's looking for a people that'll go on with him amen that made their decision we're not going back 
Hallelujah. What's there to go back to? There's nothing to go back to but death and dying and, and deserts. Amen. The deserts of, of when there wasn't no spirit of God that could be moved and moving in the church. We're not going back to that. We're going on with Jesus. Amen. But it takes a trusting in him. Amen. The priest, a priest that would take the first steps into the Jordan. And immediately when they stepped into the river, amen, the water stopped so they could pass through on dry ground. And no doubt, you know, the pagans that had trusted in Baal were stunned. Amen. Were stunned at the power of God. Amen. We're coming to a time that demons are going to be stunned. People, unbelievers are going to be stunned. Amen. When they see the power that God has in the body called Christ, the bride of Jesus Christ living upon the earth, he's going to obey him and his mouth is about to fall open. That's right. That's right. You know, we found that it was at the same cross, at the same crossing. Amen. Of the Jordan River is also where Elijah would take the mantle and he would smite the water and it would open. You know, Elisha seeing Elijah, you know, and seeing God demonstrate so very powerfully in Elijah's ministry. Amen. He, 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 Elijah would ask him what request he would have before he was to go. And he said, I want a double portion. And he said, you asked a hard thing. He said, but if you see me going up, amen, then, then you can have what you asked for. And we know that Elijah, as he came to that moment, amen, that chariot of fire swept down and picked him up. And Elijah, Elisha saw him go up into the heavens and that mantle come falling down. And Elisha grabbed that mantle and he took it to that same Jordan River, amen, and he smote it the same as Elijah did. And he said, now where is the God of Elijah? If he's still the same today as he was then, he has to show himself the same. Amen. And there's a people, amen, that the Holy Ghost has fell upon, and they're calling for that same God of Elijah. Amen. That same God that opened this Red Sea, that same God that opened the Jordan River, that same God of, the, of Elijah that would heal the blind and, and heal the lepers and, and heal the lame and, and raise them up out of wheelchairs. Amen. There's a people here with the same Holy Ghost that said, where is that same God? Because if he is the same God, he's the same God tonight as he was 50 years ago. Hallelujah. I'm not serving a dead God. I'm serving a God that's alive. But it takes a people under the same anointing that have grabbed that man of the Holy Ghost and walked down to the river and say, where is the God of Elijah? Hallelujah. I believe we're at, the same, we're at that moment, amen, where our people are under the same anointing as Elijah was, under the same God as Elijah was. The same yesterday, today, and forever. And we're saying if he healed cancer then, he'll heal it now. If he opened the eyes of the blind then, he'll open it now. If he raised them up out of wheelchairs then, he'll do it now. If he filled with the Holy Ghost then, he'll do it now. Where is the God of Elijah? Where's the God? I want him to be not Elijah's God. I want him to be my God. I want him to show himself to me the same, oh, hallelujah, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Hallelujah. That's where you young people need to be. I don't want a God from my parents. I want him to be my God. I want him to show himself to me the same yesterday. 
Hallelujah. He's bringing you to the same place. <laughs> and he's asking you to step out in faith. Hallelujah. It was also at this same place Jesus was baptized. <laughs> Hallelujah. And he would step into those waters. And the world would never be the same again. Because when he stepped into those waters and he was baptized in that water, he came out of there and there was a dove that came out of heaven. The Holy Spirit. What was it symbolizing? That God and man are together again. Hallelujah. And you have the right to come to the same place. But you have to step in the water and die out to your thoughts. Die out to your unbelief. Die out to all the things that you thought. You were, your pride and your arrogance and all that stuff. Leave it all behind and say, God, bear me in the water. Yes. Hallelujah. 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 You have to be baptized with the same baptism he was baptized with. Yes. At the same place. I'm not talking about now a physical place. I'm talking about the same place. The same spot in Christ. <laughs> Hallelujah. Oh my. Why can't we just have that tonight? Let's just have a baptism of the Holy Ghost. Amen. I'm looking for him to come all the way from this wall all the way to the back wall. Not leave a person behind. But say, God, how many were here tonight? Say, Lord, I want to fall in those same waters. I want to step in that same water. I don't want to be back there in my unbelief and back there in my pride and back there in my arrogance. But I want to lay it all down. Hallelujah. This is what he said in Mark 1 and verse 1, the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. As it is written in the prophets, Behold, I send my messenger before thy face, which shall prepare thy way before thee, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. John did baptize, where? In the wilderness. And preached the baptism of repentance for the remission of sins. And there went out unto him all the land of Judea and they of Jerusalem and all were all baptized of him in the river of Jordan confessing their sins. And John was clothed with camel's hair and with a girdle and a skin about his loins. And he did eat locusts and wild honey and preached saying, There cometh one mightier than I am, than I after me the latchet of whose shoes. I'm not worthy to stoop down and unloose. I indeed have baptized you with water, but he shall baptize you you with the Holy Ghost. And it came to pass in those days that Jesus came from Nazareth to Galilee and was baptized of John in the Jordan. And straightway coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens open. And the Spirit, like a dove, descended upon him. And there came a voice from heaven saying, Thou art my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. What happened here? The priest stepped into the water. Just like they did on the Jordan River, amen, some thousand years before, bringing the Ark of the Covenant down, and they step into the water, and the barrier that kept them out of the promised land was now done away with. Hallelujah. And when he came down into the water and was baptized, the barrier that would keep you from him has been done away with. Hallelujah. Young person, I'm here to tell you, there's nothing to separate you from the Holy Ghost. 
Hallelujah. Oh, folks, there's nothing to separate you. Amen. There's one baptism, but there's many refillings. If I was you, I'd ask God, refill my cup again. Jesus stepped into the water and it made a way for man to come to God. That we could step, then then we that we could also step into the water and die out to ourselves. That God and man could be joined again and again. He came to conquer every barrier. Oh, hallelujah. Between God and man. To reconcile you back to God again. What do you do with the woman at the well? It's a very wonderful story. She had a lot of barriers. She had rejection. That's a big barrier to get past. Young people have a hard time getting past rejection. We all want to be accepted, and sometimes, you know, even our own mamas and own daddies don't even receive us. We get rejected, and it causes a scar there, and it causes a barrier. Amen. The past, she had a big past. Wasn't a good past either. It was a bad past. But now she's meeting the present. That can do away with the past. Hallelujah. What was it? He was wanting to take her from the surface to the depths. Amen. Like, like, like we know in the scriptures of the, uh, there in the Old Testament of the, of the prophet looking at waters coming out from under the throne. Amen. He said, what was it? It was the waters to up the ankle deep. And he said, I need you to move on out a little deeper. That's right. It was knee deep and hip deep and all the way out. And he said, until there was waters to swim in. Yeah. See, God is not just wanting you to just be a Christian. With just a confession, I'm a Christian. He wants you to move a little deeper than that. If that's all you got, that's what the woman at the well had with her past. That's right. That's right. Amen. Her past didn't keep her from saying, I'm a Christian. Amen. And when, when Jesus said, said, look, if you, if you knew who I was or who I am, you would ask me of a drink. What does she look at him? And she's looking at it like a, with a superficial understanding. She's looking at him like, what do you mean? You ain't even got a water pot. That's right. I know I've used this before, but you ain't even got a water pot. Look what I got, you know. And she's bringing up her crutch and her, her thoughts and her reason and her thinking. And that was more important, not realizing what's sitting right before her. He said, bring me a drink. She said, well, what are you talking about? The well's deep and, and, and you have nothing to draw with. She said, if you knew who you were talking to, you would ask for a drink from me. That's right. Amen. That's right. But it's surface, superficial things that she's concerned with. Right. And she goes into religion and, and you want to take her past to religion. Talk to her. Some of you only got to religion. He wants you past just a religion, just a theology or, or some, uh, you know, buzzwords or, or something that'll just make you happy. He wants us past all of that. Amen. He wants you to come to the rivers of life. Hallelujah. And this is what he was trying to get her to understand. There's more than a water pot sitting here. There's a God of creation sitting right in front of you. The very one that brought you into existence. I don't think we understand sometimes who's before us. 
in our services, who walks among us. It's the very God who brought you into existence. And he's wanting you to get past your surface relationship with him. He's wanting you to go deeper. Step into the water. Go deeper into Christ. Don't, don't, just not a bunch of surface relationships. And, and uh, well, I got, I got this quote and I got that over there and I got, I got this member. No, it's more than that. That's right. That's right. Amen. Call her to step into the waters of eternal life. The waters of eternal life are not just ankle deep. Amen. They're not just up to your hips. It's here. Brother Adam said it's either sink or, or swim. That's what the waters of life is. Amen. The waters of eternal life. You know, it's time to leave the past behind. Some of you have been dragging your past with you all the way, but there's somebody here to tell you, leave it behind. Let the past be the past. There's a God here to not worry with your past. He's already paid for it. He's already done away with it. He's put it in the sea of forgetfulness. Leave it there and look at now your present future. Amen. Step into the water. Amen. What was it? He was trying to talk to her and she was, well, it's not customary for you Jews. You know, the very surface. You're Jews. We ask we. Women of Samaria is such a thing. The conversation went on until Jesus, you know, caught her spirit. He said, go get your husband. He said, I don't have a husband. He said, that's right, you got five, and the one you're living with now is not your husband. That still didn't get it for her. He was wanting to go deeper. Because then she goes to, well, we know when the Messiah cometh, he'll tell us these things, but who are you? You know, I, I'm not here to, I guess, for promoting things, but let me tell you, that Chosen series caught some things. Yeah. Yeah. This, this particular one about the, about the woman at the yeah. well, when Jesus started to tell her details about her life. Right. We know he does that because we saw him do it in this day. Details of her life. And I know all those that they come up with probably wasn't her, but whatever. It was showing you who he was, that he knows the details of your life. He knows the ins and outs. He knows your private closets. He knows all about it. Come on. Come on. Amen. And he begins to tell her who she is. And no doubt did. he did. He No doubt he told her about her first husband in details, just like you did. You lived on this street, and you married this man. That It goes all the way down her life, and she realized this is more than a man. This is more than just a prophet. This is the Messiah. This is the one that God has promised in this generation. And you can read the scripture. And the scripture says she left her water pot. And she ran into the city. What she thought was important at the beginning was no longer important. Why? Because she had stepped into a different kind of water. It wasn't a water that would quench your thirst for just a moment. And the next day you're thirsty again. That's what sin is. It leaves you thirsty and thirsty and more thirst. But there is a water that can quench your thirst. And it'll take you from the surface into the depths. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, it was also at this river, Naaman, the leper, had to step into the water. And this wasn't an easy thing for him to do. You know, he had, he had uh, 
a place, you know, to be a place of honor. You know, he was a, a, a captain or a general or whatever. And, and, but here you had something he was hiding under clothes. And leprosy was eating his flesh. People at his home knew about it. But he'd go into the king's court as a leper hiding it all. Amen. Pride had kept him in this position. And here he even finds out about a prophet. And he hears this little servant girl in his house telling him, well, there's a prophet in the land of Israel. And you go to him, he, he can tell you what to do. Amen. Man, them little girls, that little girl had more sense than a lot of people in this day we're living in. Somehow, they're trying to do away with the message. The very help that they could receive. But here he goes, and he comes up to the prophet, and he said, well, you, and no doubt he's thinking in his mind, he's going to maybe say something over me, and, and then all of a sudden he's going to vanish, and the prophet says, go dip in the Jordan seven times. He said, what? Got angry about it. Here I am, somebody, that a nobleman, and you're going to tell me to get in that muddy Jordan River and, and bow down and humble myself like I ain't going to do it. Sounds like a bunch of message people. They got hidden leprosy in their life, but they refuse to get in what can cure them. Come on, somebody. There is a God who can cure you, but you've got to take the cure. But there was somebody that must have been pretty wise in his, his entourage and said, look, you need to do what that man said do. And it wasn't just one good, good thing to dip in at one time. He had to go two, three, four, five, six, seven times. Amen. To where all of a sudden at that seventh dip, his, his skin come out all fresh and renewed again. Why? But it took the first step. That's right. It took that first step into that Jordan River, forgetting about his pride and his arrogance and who he was. And, well, I, I'm the, God's wanting us to shave all that off of us. Amen. You know, and Jesus, as we'll go back to him for a moment, Jesus, with a ministry that moved that, moved that area and that work, and he said he went down, the, Brother Brown talks about him going down the Jordan, he said, and that, that spirit fell upon him. He said, it's now upon another people. But they had to take a step to get into that place. They had to move in that place into the spirit until God could anoint them. God could baptize them with the Holy Ghost until God could change their lives. Yes. Amen. That's what he wants to do. He wants to do more than just crown you with a religion or crown, crown you with some kind of head knowledge. He wants more than that. He wants to baptize you with his spirit. That's why the church of the living God never, never, never needs to get away from the moving of the Holy Ghost. From the baptism of the Holy Ghost, preaching the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Why? That's what it takes. Hallelujah. When you have that, the works that he said, the works that I do shall you do also. Listen to what he said, it is going away. He said, Lo, a little while the world, the visible, the intellectual, the cultured, the scientific, the world will see me no more. But you will see me. For I'll be with you, even in you. And the works that I've done, you shall do also. And more than this shall you do, for I go to my Father. Oh, my. He said, the great God of heaven we're talking about. 
It's not something that he was. It's something that he is. Where is the God of Elijah? It's something that he is. And he said, if his people who are called by his name, uh, who's that, who, who heard your name called right there? And his people who are called by his name will get past the barrier. There's a barrier here of what the world's got to say. Or what the church has got to say. Or what science has got to say. It's put there as a barrier. But if you'll get past that and look at what God has said. Amen. In a minute, if you'll continue to look in that direction and keep your eyes upon it, you'll pass that vibration of unbelief and you'll go free and you'll go out of this building tonight as happy as you can be serving God, free, sins all gone, healed from all your sickness. What a power there is in this word. Amen. If you can get past the barrier of unbelief, the barrier of what the world has said or what critics are saying or what this will get past it all. Tune it all out. He said, well, it'd be wonderful. we have a wonderful time if we can get past that. And he said, listen, and when you do, he said, God would not be a God of justice who would reward one person of their faith and disreward another. He can't do it. And he goes into some things. Let me read these for a moment. He said, if God took the leukemia out of that girl when she was laying yonder, one of the best hospitals, John Hopkins, that she could have been in, and her limbs were falling off from her, and but in one hour after prayer, the child was pronounced sound and well by the same doctors. God can't be just. He said, Congressman Utshaw, who's been in a wheelchair for 66 years, broken his back, Walks now like Mr. Roosevelt, would, would, and we would heal that man and bring him out of that chair by vision. And if another man sat the same way and met the same faith, God would be unjust to heal one and leave the other one alone. But he is just. He said, it, it is us, friend. Did you hear me? It is us, friend, if we can move past that barrier. If we can get to a place where it don't make any difference who says it, as long as God sells it, says it's the truth, sell on. As long as it's written in his word, stand on it and believe. God will bring it to pass. I love this. He said, I thought about a little poem in one of my school books. I was a little boy. Many of you men and women my age maybe remember, sell on, sell on. He said, when Christopher Columbus was given ships by the Queen of Spain, because in his heart, he saw a vision, oh my, of another world. You know, those men that were expressing their doubts and unbelief, you know, that the world is square. And you're going to go so far and you're just going to fall off the edge of it. And he's doubting him and saying it ain't possible. And it's, it's it, but he had caught another vision. Amen. Did you hear me? Amen. And I'm looking today at another people who's caught a vision of another world. Amen. And people are expressing their doubts and, and the river's getting flooded more and more with the demons on every hand and spirits are rising up everywhere says it ain't possible no more. Spirits even raising up in the message saying mercy's over and, and saying there ain't no Holy Ghost no more and saying all kinds of stuff. Nonsense. 
But there's a people that's heard the word. They've heard the cry of another land. They saw it by vision that has been given to them by Elijah prophet that went to that place and said, hey, it's a good land. It's a land flowing with milky honey. You know, in that land, there ain't no sorrow. There ain't no sin. There ain't no worries. There ain't no fretting. Amen. There ain't not. And what is it has done something to my heart? I can't help but believe it. I want to go there. And I believe if I want to go there, God has made me a way to get there. He has provided the power to get me from here over to there. I just got to step out in faith. No different than Christopher Columbus. As he jumped on that boat, it took a step. And he goes sailing across the ocean. He said, here he was, (laughs) given some ships with a bunch of prisoners and cowards. That was his church members. (laughs) Oh, my Bunch of pullbacks. Hello, somebody. Wanted to go always go back. You know, the, the, the winds of the Holy Ghost get to moving too much. Like, oh, let's pull back on this. <laughs> the Lord get to moving on hearts and lives. Oh, let's pull back on this. No doubt they had something in their songs that they would sing. The devil don't like no. We don't sing because the devil don't like us singing. We don't shout because the devil don't like us shouting. We don't praise God because the devil don't like us. You know, they had a different verse. Well, we got a verse. We don't care what the devil don't like. We don't care what critics don't like. We don't care what unbelievers don't like. Amen. I've been called to another land. There's something pulling me. There's something drawing me. And I'm not going to be one that pulls back. I want to go forward with all my might and say, God, I want more of you to fall amongst us. I want more of that atmosphere. I want more of the power of the Holy Ghost to fall in our services, to give me a greater desire to leave here, to go there. There was all kind of unbelievers trying to discourage you. A little while longer, boy, you're going to drop off the deep end. Y'all going off into Pentecost. (laughs) Praise the Lord. You're exactly right. That's where I'm going. I know that curled a lot of you Methodist uh, Methodist believers. They curled your toes right up. And you Baptists and you Catholic message people, that curled your, going back to Pentecost. Look at them, Pentecost. Was that not what the Elijah prophet was sent to do? Was to turn the faith of the children back, or turn the hearts of the children back to the faith of the fathers? What fathers? The Pentecostal fathers. Not Azusa Street, the original Pentecost. Amen, that's exactly where I'm going back to. And it's full throttle ahead. Because I've seen what message Baptist, the religion will do to people. I've seen it strip them out of everything and give them an easy believism and then and, and just believe the message and you're saved and yet be cobbed up with every kind of sin of unbelief and say, oh, just grow a little more. You'll get there one day, old boy, like a carrot out in front of them somewhere. No hope to ever survive. But there is a Pentecost. 
There is a Holy Ghost that'll fall upon a heart and change their life forever. It'll strip out every barrier. It'll strip out every sin. Amen. There is a Holy Ghost bigger than pornography. There is a Holy Ghost bigger than every drug addiction and every power. Come on now. Drug addiction, legal or illegal, it'll take every one of them away from you. There is a Holy Ghost, and I'm going to stand into the water until every person passes by. And God has called, God called men to stand in the water and say there is a passage. There is a place. Come on in. There is a place to the Holy Ghost. There is a place to the body chain. Come on in. Get in while it's open. Get in while it's open. Oh, there ought to be a cry for me to life. Get in while it's open. There is a passage to the other side. There is a passage to all things are possible. Get in while it's open. There is a healing. There is a deliverance. There is thus saith the Lord for the church of the living God. Get in while it's open. And God has God called men standing in the river and saying it is the same yesterday, today, and forever. It is the same baptism. It is the same Holy Ghost. It is the same healing. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. What will you say? Sell on. He said, God, give us men in the church like that. We ain't no bunch of pullbacks. Preachers preaching, and we're sitting on our amens. No, no. We're saying, sick him. I never forget being in a, in a little church over there in South Carolina, and I must have got on something. I don't remember what I was preaching on, but apparently I got on something that was going on. All of a sudden, this brother out there in the audience, he stood up. He said, there that devil is. Deal with him a while. That's the way our hearts ought to be. Not sitting on our hands and sitting on our laurels and sitting on our past and sitting on what we've done yesterday. But there that devil is. He's been tormenting the church of the living God. There that cancer is. There that lust is. There that spirit of fear is. Sick him. Get him out of here. He don't belong in the presence of the people of God. Hallelujah. God, give us more men and women in the church like that. I don't care what the scientific world says. I don't care what the denominational church says. I take God as word, and I'm going to sell on. I'm going to sell until I pass every barrier. We're going to pass those by. They're sitting around and thinking that God don't do anything no more. The world ends here. There's no more. There's more. No more to it. There's no more God. There's no more. We want to push on past all of that. That's right. That's right. Good preaching. He said there was an old church song that said, I crossed the separating line and I've left all the world behind. He said, if there was ever a time that the church needs to step across the line which separates you from between faith and unbelief by sight and you start looking to the unseen. When you leave everything behind, every care, every weary, everything that says you can't be a Christian, come on. Sell on. Sell on. 
says you smoked too long, says you drank too long. I've lived in adultery too long. I don't care what you say, what you've done. Though your sins be as scarlet, they will be made white as snow. You once, once you pass the line of barrier of the devil trying to torment you, saying you can't do it, you can't do it, I can do it. For Jesus said, whosoever will, let him come, and I'm coming with all my heart. Leave it all behind. Oh, sell on. You know, you know, the devil wants to come and tell a lot of you, well, tonight ain't your night, and it's for another day, and, and maybe the next service it'll be your, you need to look at that devil and say, why not now, and why not me? Why not me, and why not now? He promised it for me. Amen. Some of you young people have been seeking after the Holy Ghost. He promised it for you. You need to quit letting the devil tell you it ain't for you, and say, God, why not me, why not now? Some of you have been battling sicknesses for a long time, and the devil say, well, it's just your burden to bear, and God's trying to work something. That ain't, that's a lie of the devil. God has come tonight for your healing. You need to look that devil in the eye and say, why not me? Why not now? You may have plowed through prayer line after prayer line and been prayed for. You've been to doctors. You've been to everything. It's still death trying to haunt at your door. When you get to that place where you can say, I don't care what the doctor said. I don't care what scientific world said. Jesus Christ made a promise to me. That's right. He said, what does it happen? It begins to pass you through that barrier of unbelief. And the vibrations that says it ain't possible and says it ain't so till you get past that and your soul and then you're free. Amen. And there's not one thing that can shake you from it. You'll sail just right into your healing just as certain as I'm standing here in the pulpit. Oh, hallelujah. You'll never turn to look that way no more. You'll be looking this way. You're so free from them things that say days of miracles are past. There's no such a thing as divine healing. I want you to know I'm free from those things that says there ain't no such a thing as prayer lines and laying on sick. I'm settling on past you. That's right. That's right. Amen. We're going on past it. We'll climb the walls. Amen. Until all are free. Every rope, every fetter has been cut loose. Every vibration has been left behind. And then you're free. Free indeed. Oh, how many wants freedom tonight? Yes. Then you need to tell that devil, I'm not staying here no longer. That's right. The prison bars have been opened. I've seen the key has been put in the lock, and he works, and he opened the door, and he's speaking to my heart tonight. I'm yes. free. Yes. Hallelujah. Come on, young man. Hallelujah. You're free from that lust. Come on, young lady. You're free from that anxiety and fear. Amen. Come on. You're free from that sickness of every kind. Move on past all of that. Sit on past all of that. I'm not staying here. Why sit here till I die? I'm going on with the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. It was four lepers that sat in the gate in a time of famine. And the enemy had surrounded them on every side. But something began to stir in their hearts and said, hey, Boy, why are we sitting here? If we sit here, we're going to die. We might as well go out there into that camp and see if we can find something to eat. Woo, hallelujah. Amen. We sit here, we're going to die. If we go there, we die. I'd rather die trying. 
Hallelujah. And it took one step. That's right. It took one step in the direction of the anointing. Amen. And the anointing picked it up to such a place where the enemy out there heard them coming. They said, wow, they got a big multitude that's headed our way. And the fear began to come on them. And all kinds of things began to happen until they fled. From what? Four lepers. But it was the unseen force. <laughs> Some of you need to ask that same question. Why am I going to sit here till I die? The children of Israel, well, they'd have sat there. And when God told them to go on in, they'd have died just like their forefathers did. That's right. That's right. All it takes is one moving in the right direction. Amen. That's why you would say one or two hearts on fire for God will do more for a church than 40 revivals. That's right. That's right. What is it? One or two hearts moving in the right direction. Amen. Stepping into the water. May make them look foolish, make them look like they're foolish for a while, but they know God's done something for them. Yes. And when you know something God, God's done something for you, you could care less what the world says, what your husband says, what your daddy says, what anybody says. You know what God's done for you. You know who you used to be, you're not no more. And you can see where you are today. Amen. It's not who you used to be. Like that woman said, I ain't what I ought to be, but thank God I ain't what I used to be. There's a whole lot of people in here can look around and say, hey, I used to be this, and I used to be that, and I used to be that, but God, rich in mercy, came down on my behalf, and he changed my whole life. And I'm not who I used to be. All of a sudden, it starts a little vibration. Something begins to happen, and the devil's like, hold oh, wait, 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 wait a minute. You go, you're going to get beside yourself and you're going to run around the church. People are going to think you're crazy. I don't care. There you go. I don't care. One or two hearts on fire for God will do more for a church than 40 revivals. We got one person that don't care, then we have another person that don't care. Amen. There's a whole world that's caring about what hell thinks. There needs to be a group of people in this building that can care what the devil ever said about them. Because I'm free. I've been set free by the blood of the Lamb, and I'm not going back. Sail on. I want to step a little deeper. I want to go further in the love of God. I want to go more into his riches and his mercy. And the enemy's saying, what is that sound? What is that sound? Amen. There's enough people, amen, that's heard the voice of God. That way they begin to break away from the vibrations and the little funny feelings that they felt coming to church. And they lay them all aside. And they say, you know what, tonight I'm getting something out of this church. I'm not leaving here, amen, with the goods still there. And I go home empty. I'm going home full. Can we get somebody that says, I'm going home healed. I'm going home delivered. I'm going home full of the Holy Ghost. I'm going home sealed. I'm going home changed. Glory to God in the house. Hallelujah. Amen. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I'll just worship You know what he did for you. Can you worship him for that? 
worship him. He's here. Hallelujah. Oh, glory to God. himself and he's walking up and down the aisles right now and he's changing hearts and lives and he's here to change yours he's here to change your whole thought process thank you Jesus thank you Jesus blessed be the name of the Lord oh you're getting past that last vibration throw that last part of unbelief I believe we're in a time where every person can go home here. Where every person can be saved and filled with it. Listen, why not believe it? He did it 50 years ago. He can do it today. We're in that kind of atmosphere right now where all things are possible. If I was you, I'd just say, Lord, I'd lay aside every bit of unbelief, every bit of my pride, every bit of my thinking, everything around me. i lay it all down. It's me and you, Jesus. Come and do what you do. Oh, I believe in this atmosphere, there's strength to conceive. That lying devil's been trying to put, amen, barrenness upon our sisters. I curse that devil in the name of Jesus Christ. We are not a barren people. We are a people of the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. Amen. Yes, Jesus. Hallelujah. There is a bride that's called to step into the water. It is a water separation. It's a water separating you from your unbelief and everything that's not go God. Yeah, amen, if I was you, I'd start taking steps. Amen, right now, steps. Steps are possession. Overcoming every spirit. Some of you allow spirits to stay in your home. It's time for them to go. You allow things to come up higher than God. It's time to tear down every high place. We're crossing over. It'll take the first step to get to the last step. Enoch had to take a first step. Come on, Brother Andrew. Enoch had to take a first step to get to that last step. Oh, but what a last step that was. Oh, my God. Elijah had to take the first step to get to that last step. But, oh, what a step that was. Jesus had to take the first step to get to that last step. But oh, what a step that was. You've had to take a step to get to the last step, but what a step that's going to be. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Listen to this. Jesus Christ, God's Son, has set in the church for you people such things as this. First, he said, apostles, prophets, teachers, pastors, and evangelists to confirm this word, to prove who he is. Yes. 
Oh, hallelujah. He has placed them in the water. Some of them are stepping out, but I ain't. I'm staying in. Till that last soul comes home. Come on, evening light. We got into the water. We ain't stepping out until that last soul comes home. I believe it like this. One service is going to be our last service. And it may be in that last service, the last prodigal comes home. The devil tried to put pig slop on him, tried to keep him down, but that prodigal is now taking his first step. He's coming home. They are coming home in Jesus' name. It's in the Bible. Step into the wall. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I remember a first step of a little girl, six, about 16 years old. Stepped up to the altar. Something had moved on her heart. She come up and she said, I got a brother that ain't saved. I want my brother. I want my family back together. It took that first step. She seen there was somebody greater than some minister standing there. There was somebody that could meet her need. She just wanted to touch the hem of his garment. She took that first step. We know what happened. The brother at home, sleep, wakes up and sees his family at home. Terror struck him. Somehow he finds his way to church that very same night. And he took that step down to the altar. Thank you, Jesus. That was a sign. There's more to come. And I'll put it this way, devil. There ain't nothing you can do about it. You try to cover them over with every kind of unbelief, every kind of scientific proof, every kind of thing. But there's a God who will break every barrier. But there's a seed laying on the inside of there, and it will come forth. There's a bride that took a first step in the first church age, and she walked all the way through the seven church ages. But now we as the end are about to take the last step. Glory. This ain't the time. Just the last few are crossing the river. This ain't the time to jump out. Get fearful of the winds and the waves and the walled up water and the demons and pipes screaming. This ain't the time to jump out. Just keep on moving. Keep on going with the Lord. Walk with Jesus. Keep walking with Jesus. There's great things that laid over on the other side. I don't know about you, but I'm going up yonder. Go ahead, Brother Andrew. Hallelujah. Oh, yeah. Let's just tell 
want the devil to know where I'm going.
The God. 